Hello there. This is Wale Olulano, the presiding apostle of Harmony Christian Ministries. I'm happy that you can join us today in our podcast. I pray today's message will encourage, edify, and illuminate your heart, wherever your circumstances may be. Please relax and enjoy. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. The Bible says, Now, this is the confidence that we have in him. That he will never lose a battle of my life. Amen. <laughs> this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask him anything. According to his will. He hears us. And if we know that he hears us. He said that then we have whatever we ask of him. We know that if he hears us. Whatever we ask. We know that we have the petitions. That we have asked of him. Come on say amen to that. How many of us can truly say that we believe in this scripture? Let me see your hands up. You truly say, I believe in that scripture. Wow. What a company of believers we are in this morning. So if we truly believe this scripture before we pray, how come there is low passion towards prayer? The scripture just says that we know that when we ask him anything, he hears us. Is that not what the scripture says? But how come there is low passion there is no commitment to prayer. We believe that we have confidence and we also believe that he hears us and we have what we have asked of him. But our actions doesn't usually match this scripture or match what we say we believe. The point is that we may not doubt that God hears us. But I have a belief that many of us actually do not truly believe that we have whatever we ask. We know he heard us, but we don't believe that we have whatever he asked. So therefore, there is lack of enthusiasm towards prayer. Or even when many people pray, they just pray as a ritual. There's really no great expectation. But I believe that's not where God wants us to dwell. That's not where he wants us to be. Because we just sang, he never lost the battle. We just read, we have confidence in him. So what is the issue? Let us pray. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you because you are here. We thank you because your word is true. Your spirit is here. Holy Spirit, we welcome you afresh. We can do nothing without you. We thank you for the grace of life. We thank you because... You called us to manifest your glory and your kingdom on earth. Lord, as your servants, this morning we say that, help us. Spirit of the living God, we can do nothing without you. So I ask you, Lord, that you will fill this space. Fill our hearts. And use this next few minutes, Lord, to transform lives. To change situations. Lord, use this moment to birth miracles in our lives. Use the simplicity of the word. Lord, to create new waves in this nation. Thank you, Father. Be lifted up and be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated in his presence. Hallelujah. I believe by God's grace we are getting close to that time where we can high-five our neighbors and 
and share some stuff. Or you can look at them with your beautiful face mask on and look at your neighbor and ask them, how hungry are you? I can't hear you. And for those of you at home, you can ask yourself as well, you know, how hungry are you? Now, <laughs> I can hear somebody saying, very, very hungry. Mm. Now, I know this, this is the title of my message this morning. And I know that this title may sound quite tempting, particularly for people who are fasting. I hope you are fasting. Uh, this title may sound a bit tempting, particularly if, if it sends your mind towards the hope of the things to come later on in the day. A beautiful meal, smelling so nice. I don't want to paint that picture so you don't take an early leave in church. But the truth of the matter is, hunger is a factor that triggers breakthroughs in the spirit. Hunger is a factor that God uses to trigger things in the spirit. In fact, God said, if you're not hungry or thirsty, I can't help your case. That's God, not me. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 5 verse 6, if you find it quickly, he said, blessed are those that hunger and thirst. Did you see that? For righteousness, he said, because they shall be filled. Which means, the God himself is saying, I can't help you if you are not hungry or thirsty. God is saying that situations cannot change unless you become hungry. God is telling us that I know you have a desire, but your desire must be matched with hunger. And how many of us actually understand that even in the natural, we may be hungry, but do nothing about the hunger. Food is not going to get into your mouth if you don't do something about that hunger. Do you understand that? Hunger is part of the things that God gave to man to trigger a reaction. Do you understand this? So, God himself said, unless you are hungry and fasty, you cannot be filled. And I pray that in the name of Jesus, the hunger that we have, we move us into certain places in Jesus' name. Sometimes in life, many of us will look at the attitude of other people, either their nature or their carefree sometimes, Nature, and we use that to judge what we should do. Even though we have a unique situation, it doesn't mean that those people don't have situations too, but you use, it's almost like two of you are going for a lecture, and somebody, you are, you are both late, but somebody believes in just dragging their feet, and you are dragging your feet because they are your friend. But you, you both desire, or you desire, you really need to make a first class in this course. But because your friend He's dragging their feet. I don't want to leave my friend. Now, you're not hungry enough for your first class. Do you understand what I'm saying now? So, it doesn't mean that you don't have a desire. But your desire, your hunger should tell you, know, oh boy, I'll meet you later. Catch me up in class. Or in, after the lecture. Or something like that. You discover in the journey of life, we have to work with some people. But we are not, as, we are not supposed to allow their appetite to determine how we pursue the things that we want. You know, it doesn't mean that they don't want it. We thank God for their level of passion. But God has given you a unique passion yourself. God expects you and I to respond to him in the measure of our desire. 
So you find that there are many people because they don't want other people to say, you know what, what's your own? Are you the only one? So even then when we should really be serious, we are cool. Instead of us actually taking the bull by the horns, sometimes we are looking at what other people will say about us. Remember that blind Bartimaeus? We don't know whether he was the only, he cannot be the only blind guy on the street that day. But the Bible tells us that when Jesus Christ was coming, he heard that Christ was coming the, down the road and he started shouting, right? Remember the story? And they told him, keep quiet. Don't disturb the flow. But the Bible said he shouted much more. Why? Because there is a hunger in him that he will not allow anybody to shout him down, my friend. Your hunger should make you worship more. Your hunger should make you jump up. Your hunger should make you say, God, you know, if it's only me left on earth, I will worship you. I'm not going to look at what anybody is saying. I'm not going to look at what anybody is doing. Lord, I will press into you, even if it's left on me alone. Because it's because of what the government is saying in the country. That's why I cannot press into God. Because of what my company is saying, that's why I can't push into God. You must know that God has called you, he saved you. He's expecting something to come from you because he gave you a unique hunger. So my question to you this morning is, how hungry are you? The Bible tells us about so many people who were hungry in their time and they pushed into God in an unusual way. Remember Hannah, the whole family had come for service. The Bible said after the long days of service, they went out of feast. But what did Hannah do? Hannah was hungry for something much more. Service is over. Worship is over. Everybody is over. Services, they were turning off the light. But Hannah said, no, it's not over until my case changes. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning. But you must understand that God has called you and he wants you to push into a level. I am in a journey right now that I want to press into a level, a dimension I have I've never pressed into before and I want some people to come along with me in that journey. It's a journey of hunger. Hannah stayed on the quarter at Shiloh and Hannah was calling on God. Even the priest didn't understand that dimension of hunger. But there's a hunger that the priest may not know but God, God recognizes. Your pastor may not know it. Your husband may not know, your wife may not know it, but God whom you are calling upon, he knows and he will answer you. So many people showed up this kind of hunger. So many people. My friend, nothing just happened. Something has to push something. Something has to pull what is yours to you. The Bible tells us in Luke chapter 6 verse 21. He says, blessed are you who hunger now. This is Jesus Christ speaking. He said, for you shall be filled. Can I have a loud amen there? Yeah. So even Jesus is telling us, I don't know what you're hungry for. And you know when we talk about hunger, we're not talking about physical food now. Maybe you are hungry for a healing, for a breakthrough, hungry for revival. Maybe you are hungry for something, but whatever the thing is, Bible tells us that blessed are you who hunger because you shall be filled. There is no need to feel somebody is not going anywhere. 
No need to feel someone does not want a revival. I want a revival in the next generation. I don't want what we carry to die with our generation. And even what we carry is not even strong enough. We must get hotter. Are you listening to me now? But if we carry on with this lukewarm attitude, there will be nothing left for the children. Nothing left for those who are coming behind. I don't know who I'm talking to. When I was sleeping this morning, I'm saying something to us that those who pass this thing on to us, they were not lackadaisical about it. There is a hunger that we must have as a nation, as a believer, as a church. There's a level of pursuit that we must have for God. And we must pursue God to every level we can go. Don't tell me you don't need to do anything. Don't tell me that you know grace covers it. The same man who gave us grace said, blessed are you who hunger now. He said, blessed are you who weep now because you shall laugh. I prophesy over everyone who is weeping or weeping over your children, weeping over your family, weeping over your finances, weeping over your health. The Bible says you will laugh. I decree in the name of Jesus as you begin to push into God, press into God, as you begin to seek him, may the Lord fill your mouth with laughter. May you turn your tears into, into laughter, tears of joy in the name of Jesus. He said your worship will begin to turn into fragrance of fire going on in the name of Jesus, I decree as you call upon God, there will be a change in our time. In the name of Jesus, I prophesy change over this nation. Prophesy change over this church. In the name of Jesus, every area of our lack, every area of our trouble, every area where we're saying, God, where are you? May God show up in you. In the name of Jesus, we speak a season of multiples of miracles. In the name of Jesus, may things begin to bath in your homes, bath in your place of work, bath in your life, Things you have called upon God for. Things so seed you have sown in the past. May they begin to bring forth fruit right now. In the name of Jesus. Blessed are you who weep now. For you shall laugh. The Bible says in Isaiah 55, 1-2. He began to show us the picture of a people that hunger and thirst. He said, oh, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. When we have the opportunity for a church... A group of people, a home church, or whatever group you belong to, and, and a fasting is declared. It is a come to the waters. Come to the waters time. Everyone who fasts, come to the waters. Come to the waters, he said. And you who have no money, come. Buy. In other words, don't think about what you don't have. That is a provision for you. You don't have money, but come. Come and buy. A provision has been made for you. Nothing will hinder you in the name of Jesus. He said, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why? Because Christ paid the price. He said, why do you spend money on what is not bread? Many people are pursuing things where there is no satisfaction. They are putting in the energy where it will dissipate, where the thing will blow off. Why are you pursuing things that will not last you? That which looks like a latest model today is no longer latest model in the next one year. God wants you and I to have a passion for the right direction. He said, let your soul delight itself in abundance. May your soul delight itself in abundance. The prophet, prophet Isaiah, he tells us what to do in verse 3 to 4. He says, incline your ear and come near to me. Incline your ear and come to me. Here and your soul shall live. This morning I pray for you that your ears shall be inclined. Friends, I have found out that people can be in church and their ears are not inclined. I found out that people can be around and people can be sitting by the well and they are still thirsty. He said, incline your ears to me. 
Isn't it funny how we can incline our ears to all kind of stuff on TV, but we can't incline our ears to what God is saying? He said, incline your ears to me here and your soul shall live and I will make an everlasting covenant with you and the sure mercies of David. God is saying to us this morning, he said, you are not going to be the first one with thirst because the key to breakthrough is thirst. He said, and I want to understand a man that did that before, his name is David and he received mercies, sure mercies of David. That's a whole topic on itself. He said, well, indeed, I have given him to you as a witness for my people. He's a witness. In other words, the things that David did that arrested God they are the key. They are the way forward. And David didn't start as a king. He started as a young man. So if you are young in this place, what was the thing that David did that showed hunger? How hungry are you? You are a person who's supposed to follow God and pursue God according to how this man, God said, I gave him to you as a model, as a witness. Who is your witness? Who are you following? Whose example are you actually following? I gave him to you as a witness. A witness of a leader. He's a commander for my people. He's a witness for a pastor. He's a witness for a king. He's a witness as a commander for my people. In John chapter 4, verse 13 to 14, Jesus Christ said here, he said, and he answered and said to her, this is Jesus by speaking to the woman by the well. He said, whoever drinks this water will fast again. A woman who felt that all her life, this is the only way by which thirst can be quenched. So when you are thirsty, either thirsty for emotional satisfaction, there is a way you go after it. And it's not the best way. It's not the ideal way. It's not a way you are proud of. But that's the way you've been going after it. God is saying that this one, you will go after it, and then after that you feel condemned, and then you feel bad, and then you feel thirsty again. How long are you going to keep on repeating that cycle? You feel that you have a need in your life. You have a need in your system. You have a need in your business. But you go around it. You go about it in the wrong way. That's not the way. So Jesus Christ said to this woman. He said that whoever drinks this water from this well. They still get thirsty. He said but there is a water. Amen. He said but the water which I shall give to you. Will become in you a fountain. Hallelujah. A fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. We are going to be praying and talking. Amen. Go ahead and say, Lord, I thank you for your mercies. Thank you for your mercies over my house, my life. Because, listen, friends, none of us is qualified for the grace of God. But the mercy of God, the mercy that God has showered on us, has qualified us. Thank you for the mercies. We have blown second chances, third chances, blown too many chances. Go ahead and say, Lord, I give you praise for your mercies. For your mercies. Mercies that found me. Mercies that found me. I bless your name. I thank you for your covenant with me. Your covenant of peace. Your covenant of progress. Covenant of protection. I thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. When we pray and fast, one of the things that we are saying, that's why we fast, that's why we hunger. We are asking God to fill that hunger. Fill that fast with something else. Man by divine design. By divine design is the only creation that God allowed to be able to transcend between realms at the same time. 
Man is the only one. No any other person, no any other created thing you can be in the spirit, you can be in the soul, you can be in the physical. At the same time, you are legalized without appealing to nobody. Do you know that even angels will not manifest without actually having an access to a body on the earth? I don't think you understand what I'm going to say here. Man, that's how powerful you are. I want to show you something about when we press in for this river to flow. There are three main ways by this which occur, by which we move between realms. And this is not astral travels. This is not some kind of weird stuff. This is the power that God gave to you. The first one is true salvation. When you were saved, God activated a chip inside of you that should show you that you can't just keep on seeing everything about your life as earthly. The Bible says in John chapter 5 verse 24, it says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word, now you hearing now, and believe, you believe. Believe in him who sent me, that's God, Father. He said, he said, he has everlasting life. So you do have everlasting life. Amen. Okay, so after that, what happens? Here is what happens. He said, and shall not come into judgment, but has passed. Somebody said, I have passed. From death to life. <laughs> At salvation. At salvation, you pass from death to life. So if a believer dies and they put the birth year to the death, earthly death day and they say that's the person's life, they don't really know. Because the death they are put there is not the end of that individual. Are you following me? That's not you because you have already passed from death to life. And he who has died is not afraid of death anymore. The Bible said in Ephesians chapter 2, from verse 4 to 9, listen to this. He said, but God, in verse 4, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, which he has loved us. Say, God loves me. That's the reason, friends. That's the reason why God has empowered you beyond any other thing. That's why you and I are not ordinary. Listen to me. If you see yourself as ordinary, that's how you remain. But God wants you to have a mindset and an understanding of who he created you to be. He said God loves you. He's rich in mercy because of his love which he loves. Amen. Then he goes on to say, even when we were dead in trespass, he made us alive together with Christ. Say I am together with Christ. Say it louder. With Christ. Question is where is Christ? Is in me. Where is Christ? In the Father? Where is the Father? In me. The whole Trinity are resident where now? Okay, maybe I'm going ahead of myself. In the scripture, he says, for by grace we have been saved. Then God raised us up together. When Christ rose from the dead, he raised us up together. Amen. So I am raised. And he made us to sit together where? In the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. But here I am, I'm on earth. Physically, but I am seated where? In the heavenly places. And that is legal. Somebody say it is legal. <laughs> I am seated in the heavenly places. When last did you pray a prayer? Let me just give you this example for you to, to see how many times we don't really use what God has given to us. 
when last did you pray a prayer to say, I rise in the spirit. I rise in the spirit. I command forces in the heavenlies right now over this situation. You know, it's not a word you pray. But that's the power you have. Let me put it this way. You have money in the bank. Let's say your bank is Barclays or Natways. And you need to make a transaction. Your mind tells you, I have X amount of money in Natways. So you make that transaction on the basis of your knowledge. Am I talking to somebody this morning? It's the same thing this morning. So while you are praying and you are fasting, I'm trying to take you to a dimension where God wants you to already be operating in. So you need to understand you can rise in the spirit to where you are seated in the heavenlies. Now the only difference is how hungry are you? If the food is in the fridge and you don't pick it up, you're not hungry enough. That is not a prerogative of any pastor. That is for believers. Believers including children. You don't need to be in the adult church to do that. If you are saved, you know Christ is in you. You understand the fact that I rise in the power of Christ. Amen. In whom I am seated in the heavenly places and I take authority over this situation. He said we are seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. It's the gift of God. So the first thing I want you to understand that God created you and I with the ability to exist in three realms at the same time and it's legal. Now, you could have the ability to exist in a realm and you are not functioning there. You could have the ability to exist in a place just like we can exist physically in a space. But you are not known. You are not effective. Do you understand what I'm trying to say now? Somebody can be in the house and you don't say, it's, uh, it's Morax in this house. I've not heard from him all day. Because Morax is in his room. Do you understand that? So people can be in a house. Daddy just in a house. He's just locked up in a house. But you didn't see him. Or her. So because somebody is in a realm. Does not make them active. But when you and I pray. God wants us to come into the fullness. That hunger should drive us. Into taking all that is ours. Somebody say, I am effective. I am relevant in the plans of God. That's how it should be. So whichever realm I exist, whether in the spirit, whether even in my mind, whether in the physical, God expects me to function. That's why he gave us the three realms to manifest for different purposes. The second way by which we gain access into the realms is through spiritual encounters. Through what? Spiritual encounters. And that is again something that we as believers must hunger for. Now, that is not something that is left for some people. It comes by hunger. 
I am believing God to encounter God in a way I've never encountered him before now at this stage of my life. I've heard of some stuff. I've read of some stuff in a way that is different from what I've seen it before. I want to encounter God in those areas. I don't know what you want. If somebody said they have seen Jesus, and Jesus is also for me, why should you have the exclusive right to see Jesus? Me, I want to see Jesus too. How many people feel they should see Jesus? I don't want to see him only when I die. I want to see Jesus now too. It's like I'm talking to different people this morning. I'm trying to get your understanding to know who you are, what you should do. Encounters make a different league of experience. There are areas of spiritual encounters that I've had that there is no death that can take it away from me. What I know is what I know. There's nothing that can change it. But there are levels. In Genesis chapter 28, the Bible tells us about Jacob was leaving home in verse 10. Now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went towards Haran. And so he came to a certain place and stayed there all night. My dear friends, as you begin to pray and fast, God will bring you to a certain place. <laughs> he came to a certain place. He stayed there all night. There are times you may have to say to yourself, you know what, everybody just, you know, give me space. I need to be in a certain place. I need to encounter God in a certain way. And he said, because the sun had set. Now, the thing about Jacob at this point, he really was not actually expecting anything. He was just weary. He was just tired. But there's something in his heart that was a hunger. There was a cry in his heart. And Jacob, who God already has chosen, he was going away from where his life is at, at risk. So the Bible said, and he took a stone. He placed his head on that stone. And then there he laid and he slept. Verse 12. Then he dreamt. And behold, a ladder was set up on the earth. And the top reached to the heavens. And there the angels of God were ascending and descending. May God bring you into such an encounter. Where you have access to what's going on in the heavens. It's like a TV was just open. He could just see a picture. I want to understand that this was far more than a dream. Are you following me now? Jacob just moved in the spirit. As he lay down there, you're going to keep on seeing. Behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. I got to that point and I began to pray. I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, the land which I stand, I receive it, Lord. For my descendants, I receive it, Lord. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but you can begin to claim some stuff this morning. And you can begin to claim some stuff that I will not just be a, a visitor. I will not just be a migrant. I will not just be one passing through. I will build companies in this land. I will buy houses. I will build estates. My children will lift up the name of the Lord. Somebody will understand that due to an encounter, you can have an encounter and you can change generations. Oh, my goodness. I need you to pray a bit more this morning. He says, verse 14, and your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. God was speaking to a man who didn't have a wife. And God was talking to him about descendants that would be like a dust of the earth. So what you see in the physical right now is not the end of your life. 
Hallelujah. Don't look at the situation of your body and conclude, I can't pray some prayers. He says that you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. In you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. God connected Jacob to the covenant of his grandfather. I want to appeal to you. No matter what age you are, please don't just think about yourself. Don't be consumed about me, 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 what I need now. You are a seed to the next generation. And until you carry a body for that, you'll be limited in purpose. God wants you to carry an understanding that you are a link to the next generation. So when you speak, regardless of what your body is saying, you'll be speaking that language. Which means in the spirit, there are things you are addressing that are beyond the earthly realm. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning. But you must understand that what God is saying to Jacob here, he's talking to him about his seed. A man who had no wife, a man who was just in trouble. I mean, if you were to be me and you, Jacob's prayer should be, God, just preserve my life. Let me get to where I'm going to. That's the prayer point. But God shifted his focus from his current issues to the future relevance. Amen. He said, because, behold, I am with you. And I will keep you wherever you go. I will bring you back to this land. Listen to me. God gave him this promise. But you know that what he was going through in the real sense, in the physical, he didn't feel like God was with him. He got to his own uncle. His uncle was cheating year after year. For many years. He didn't feel like God who said this was with him. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but listen to me. What you are going through right now may not have much what God gave to you as a word. But I came to tell you that you will not die. You will not die. You will live to see the promises of God in your life, in the land of the living. You will live to taste it. Your hand will handle it. Your eyes will see it. Your body will carry it in the name of Jesus. Amen. When we talk about spiritual encounters, so many people in the Bible, so many people in our midst, why this is important is nobody can take your experience from you. The Bible is true. We read the scriptures. But God wants you to become a living word. A living altar. Do you understand what I'm trying to say That When you have an experience yourself, nobody can take it from you. So no matter what you see, in the physical, you are able to tell Satan, I know what I have seen. That's why this is important. That's why this is a key to the miraculous. This is a key to you ruling and reigning. So no matter what you see on the face of the earth, you know what you have seen. That's why that apostle now said, the things which we have seen. You see now? What you have seen Nobody can take it. That which our, our eyes have seen it, our hands have handled it. So many people in the scriptures. So we read about them and we realize that it was because of the encounters that they had. We read about so many of the prophets. How many of them, due to hunger, as they were pursuing God, God would just open heavens to them. 
one of the ones I love most. I love so many of them. Daniel, Ezekiel, but look at John. John was in a place of crisis in the island of Patmos. And he said, for I was in the spirit in the day of the Lord. And God opened up the heavens to him. The people who bound him, put him away, they thought there's nothing good going to come out of his life. But there God opened up the heavens. I don't know where you are right now. It seems like you are abandoned. You have been pushed into a corner. But I want you to understand that heavens can open up where you are. From where you are, God can show you stuff that you will write things that generations will be blessed from. The third one, quickly, because of time, by which we transcend the realms, is prayer and fasting. Now, this is quite interesting. Prayer and fasting. Prayer is a mystery. It's a mystery. And I want you to understand that because it's a mystery, many people take it for granted. When we pray, we are erecting altars or we are servicing an existing altar. We are fanning the fire on the altar when we pray. And when we pray, we are not talking we're not talking to ourselves. We're not talking to the person we see. But the Bible tells us that in the spirit we are talking. Do you understand what I'm saying now? So we are praying here in London. But we are talking in the spirit. Amen. So imagine when you don't pray. What are you doing? Now when you now add fasting to it. You are now What's that? Turbo charge. You turbo charge your prayer. And that's true. You turbo charge that prayer. So when, so when we pray, we activate covenants. Or we maintain covenants. So in this time that we are praying and fasting, I want to ask you, what are you praying about? You can't just wait only on what, you know, Pastor Soso and So said on Sunday. That's important. But you need to activate certain covenants yourself. You need to pray some things. You need to erect certain things. There is an encounter. He's your father we are talking about. Not the father of the pastor. So Jesus Christ said, I go to my father and your father too. So when you pray, there are altars you must sacrifice. You must activate. Covenants you must activate. So when you are praying to God, these things are important. So when you are not praying, my dear friend, as a different author, whether you know it, there is no vacuum in the spirit. Exodus 10.1 so Dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savoir. I think it was Reverend George that first preached for me and I, and I sat on that and prayed for weeks. It sends out a stinking savoir. So what was once smelling nice now begin to smell foul though. Have you actually taken out, you know, when you have candles in your house and you take it out, snuff it out, the candle that was smelling very nice just now. What you now see coming out is not the smell you want. That's why, thank God, there is a cover that you used to take it out. But if you didn't cover it, you just take it out, you just find out that the smell changes. So imagine something worse than that in the spirit. 
He said, so doth a little folly him that is a reputation for wisdom and honor. The key point here is, it's great for us to pray. And we told ourselves it's great to pray online. But as good as that is, when we come together, there is an extra dynamics. There is an extra power. And that's what we're activating as a church. So prayer takes us into another realm. Amen. But it's not just to pray. Here is the thing. Which takes us back to the confidence that we have in him. It's not that we don't pray. And it's not that we don't believe. So Jesus Christ told us something. It's a secret. In John chapter 14 as I round up this message. From verse 11. He said, believe me that I am in the Father. And the Father in me. So, have that picture. Jesus is in the Father. The Father is in Jesus. Okay. Or else, believe me for the sakes of the works themselves. More surely, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do because I go to my Father. So, so far, it's just Jesus and the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do. Still cool. Now he takes it deeper, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. I will pray the Father, he will give you another helper. That he may abide with you. Now he introduces a third dimension. Not just praying to me. Not just believing in me. You must love me. And if you love me, you must do what I say. So many times we are praying, not because we are not praying, but are we obedient? I tell some folks when they pray some kind of prayer, you can't use prayer to change God. Prayer should change you. Are you obedient to what God has said about you? To what you should do? So yes, you are praying, but in your prayer, you are disobedient. He said, listen to me, he says that, in verse 17, he says, The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him nor know him, but you know him. He dwells with you. He will be in you. A few weeks ago, we spoke about conviction. The spirit is inside you. You know the thing you should do. He tells you how to do it, but we are praying. It's easier for us to pray than to obey. So as you're praying in this season, I want to ask you, as I round up, what is the level of your obedience? The things God has asked you to do. The things he's asking of you. He said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. So now, Jesus Christ and the Father, they are one. Jesus Christ said, I'm sending the helper. The helper is going to be in you. And then even me, I will come to you. And now they are all in here. So there is a full gospel going on on the inside of every one of us. Amen. Whether we now travel into the reality of that gospel, it depends on our interaction with the spirit. Oh, yeah. You can have somebody dwelling in your house and you don't communicate. They are just a guest. I tell anybody in my house, you are not a tenant in my house. You can't just be coming in. Hi, you go to your room. No. If you are in this house, we are one in this house. So I expect to see communication interaction. So imagine the Holy Spirit is inside you. God the Father is inside you. God the Son is on the inside of you. But when last did you communicate with them? 
I know you are shouting. I know you are talking to everybody, but you talk to the Holy Spirit. Do you fellowship with the Holy Spirit on the inside of you? Is there any communion going on? Because if we do, then it will be easier for us to obey his commandments. He says in verse 19, a little while longer, the world will not see me, said, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live also. In closing, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. It says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. This scripture was not given as a benediction. Not at all. It is a reality of what should be our engagement with the Spirit. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. May that grace be sufficient for you and I. May that grace draw us to a place of prayer this week. May it draw us to hunger this week. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, that love surpasses my mistakes. The love of God. The love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit. The communion. Do you know what communion is? It's not the bread and wine that we are eating that's the only communion. Communion is fellowship. Communion is to talk Holy Spirit. I'm going out today. I need you to guide me. Holy Spirit, this thing is before me. What would you like me to do? I'm asking him. And that's different from me praying in tongues. So here is my question again. When was the last time you had serious communion with the Holy Spirit? Can you see now? Because if you're not having communion with him, you are praying. That's good. But he said the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, what will he do? Be with you. Friends, when we have communion with the Holy Spirit, such a sweet spirit, that's the time that we see the depth, the joy. And that's when we see the confirmation of our confidence. This is the confidence that we have in him. The Lord bless you and keep you in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We do hope you have been blessed. Our special thanks go to all our partners who give generously to support our ministry. You are welcome to be one of us. We'd like someone to talk to you on any of the issues raised in today's message. Please do call us on plus 44 208-597-3110. Or you visit our website on www.hccenter.org.uk. May the peace of the Lord guard you and keep you till we meet again. God bless you.